Good evening, dummies. Episode 153. Thank you so much for coming by. It's Friday, May 14th at 5.47 p.m. And yes, I'm wearing something a bit different today. What could it be? Could it be a, a gown? No. An apron? No. A tunic? Royal garb? No, it's a sweater. You're like, no, that's not. It's a jersey. No, no, it's a sweater. Hockey players don't wear jerseys. We wear sweaters. And this is the Colorado Avalanche alternate jersey. Before they went to the retro reverse, which is amazing. Obviously, we're going to talk about something hockey related tonight because the Abs won the President's Cup, and that's exciting. And I'm stoked. And thank you for all your support. Number one hockey team in regular season with four dollars and twenty five cents. And that president's trophy, the Avs can go get themselves one hell of a cup of coffee, and that's about it. Because really, the only thing that matters is the second season, the only season, which are the playoffs. So that leads me to talk about what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to talk about a couple things. As always, there's going to be three, and I want you to wait for the end. The liberal media and the viewers of liberal media are completely misinformed about U.S. crime. And we're going to go into that tonight. I've got some numbers for you, some staggering polls that show... That liberals aren't as smart or well-informed as they think they are. They accuse the Republicans of not being in the know. Some interesting numbers to disprove that theory. Hamas and Israel. Maybe you've seen some of the buildings falling down, residential buildings. Now, Israel, there are a lot of things. But murdering civilians at a whim? I don't know. Some of these shots that they're doing are coming in at nape of the earth. There are certain things that Tomahawk missiles do that I can't go into. There are certain things that GBU bombs can and can't do. Some of these angles they're coming in at, 12 to 15 degrees. I don't know of any artillery or aircraft that can do that. Even Hellfires can get that size of an explosion to bring down a building. But alas, I don't know. Maybe there's new technology, but I doubt it. If it's controlled, it's controlled. And if it's actually Israel doing it, either way, Israel doesn't care as long as it's on video and tells everyone else to stay the hell out of their business. But we're going to talk about that tonight. It's going to be interesting. And we've actually talked about Israel for the last couple nights. So this will put a big bow on it before the end of days. And lastly, yes, you guessed it. You knew it was coming. We're going to talk a little bit why hockey is the best sport on earth. Now, don't you dare turn it off. If you are disenfranchised with sports and you're just sick and tired of the kneeling crap and all the drama, I get it. I'm the same way. I want you to give hockey a chance for me. Let me tell you a little bit about why it's awesome first. And then you turn off. I'm not going to go into the blue line and what top three pair are or what a hat trick is or slew footing. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to tell you why hockey is an amazing sport after I give you the joke. And I left it at the end. So if you really want, listen to the first two segments and then turn it off, you big babies. Robert Mueller, you remember him. He's one did the investigation on Trump for collusion has uncovered some information on Donald Trump that's alarming. He dropped quaaludes with the entire USSR hockey team prior to their stunning defeat to the United States in the 1980 Olympics, you know, the miracle on ice in Lake Placid. So what's really the crime in that? Well, all the things are true, folks. He quaaluded with Russia. from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, 
relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Welcome, dummies, and thank you for stopping by. You know what else I'm excited about? It's really interesting. Is my microphone is for the last 152 some odd episodes. I feel like a knucklehead. I had a setting on in my Ecamm Live that made my voice once in a while go wavy, and it would sound like I was in a soda can or something. And and with the setup that I have, that shouldn't happen. I should sound like Rush Limbaugh or Dan Bongino or Ben Shapiro. Well, maybe not as good, but you get the point with tonality. But no matter what I did, I would always have this wave. And it happened on the Shure SM7B, and it happens with the RE20, and I'm I'm confused. So I started diving into some things, and I found that I had my left and right channel stereo mapping to the same channel, which they were competing for sound. But more importantly, you don't need to know any of this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, is I had noise cancellation off in the sense that if I played something through my speakers on the computer that it would drown it out. Well, when that happened and it picked up ambient noise, it almost drops down the mic and I would get this wavy sound. You notice that's not here tonight because I fixed it. Well, this is what happens when you have a mom and pop type thing and not a full production studio with an entire crew working for you. What do you want, folks? I'm an amateur. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. It's been an interesting intro. It's Friday night. I'm feeling all right, and I'm sure you are on your way to do the same. Please do me a favor and stop on by all my social media sites. But before we do that, please know who I am. My name is Matt. My last name is Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. I'll be walking you through this tonight. And if you like what you hear, like what you see, or you found this through an advertisement or through a friend or family member, thank you for stopping by. You are officially a dummy. And you can follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, and all of that other type of stuff. And I would love if you would swing on by, say hello. And if social media isn't your bag, baby, go to don'tunfriendme.com. You can get my catalog. You can say hello on my blog and you can shoot the shit with me in the digital ones and zeros and say hello. Let's get into it tonight. We have a long, long show planned. Well, maybe not that long. So far, the terrorists in Hamas, the Palestinians, have fired more than 2,000 rockets at Israel this week. 2,000 rockets. Fortunately, roughly 90% of those rockets have been shot down by Israel's Iron Dome anti-missile defense system. It's a fantastic system. In fact, the United States played around with something like this, couldn't get it to work. And then, obviously, technology has changed and become much more effective. The U.S. doesn't really need anything like this because... This type of attack, really, unless Canada gets froggy and starts lobbing explosive pucks over the the border, we really don't have need for it. But unfortunately, seven people have still died in Israel because of these terrorist attacks. In response, the Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, deliberately exaggerated talk of a ground attack in Gaza to get Hamas fighters to move into tunnels they had prepared for that eventuality. The IDF used a tweet This tweet made the Hamas fighters believe a major ground assault was coming. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu played his part, either with talk of a ground invasion that would, quote, continue as long as necessary. And these papers across the world talked about this invasion and spread the propaganda that was coming. So many Hamas fighters moved to their underground tunnel network. This was important to Israel, not just because they knew where the terrorists were and where these tunnels were, 
but because Hamas routinely uses civilians as human shields. So Hamas might shoot rockets at Israel from a school in hopes that it would discourage the Israelis from returning fire or alternately that the Israelis would return fire, at which point they could parade any dead children on the news. Fantastic people. The left must be proud. These are the sort of cowardly tactics the Palestinians routinely use in their conflict with Israel. However, once Israel convinced Hamas to move into their tunnels, the Israelis sprung their trap. Israel pounded a network of tunnels in northern Gaza known as the Metro, which Hamas has developed to move fighters around in the event of an Israeli invasion. Hamas tunnels are also used to infiltrate Israel to carry out terror attacks. The Times of Israel's described attack, quote, according to the Israeli Defense Force, in this air campaign, which lasted nearly 40 minutes, some 450 missiles and bombs were dropped on 150 targets in northern Gaza, particularly around the city of Biet Lavia. A few hours later, the IDF took to the airwaves to explain there was no large-scale invasion, and analysts on Israeli's army radio suggested that something had been lost in translation from Hebrew to English to cause the global media confusion. But Israel's Channel 12 reported that, quote, the misunderstanding was not in fact a mistake, but a ruse meant to draw Hamas fighters into underground tunnels built by the Gaza ruling terror group which the IDF targeted in a massive bombardment overnight. The IDF, together with Prime Minister Netanyahu, appears to have used social media to draw Hamas fighters into the tunnels, thus ensuring their deaths. wonder if Twitter banned him. They banned Trump. Hmm, guess luring people into their death is a little bit different than inciting a riot, maybe? Saving the lives of Israeli soldiers in a real invasion and reducing risk to Palestinian civilians sounds like a win-win to me. The sad reality is that this on-again, off-again conflict is probably destined to continue until Hamas is annihilated once and for all. A call for Jewish genocide is literally in Hamas' founding charter. They are not a group that can be reasoned with. Netanyahu has vowed further consequences for Hamas. Quote, they are paying and will pay a very heavy price for this. This is not yet over. We will do everything to restore security to our cities and our people. And we will see that unfold in coming days. Something about Israel. They're the size of New Jersey. We talked about this last night. It's a small state. However, they are a fierce people. And they have been doing airstrikes all over that territory for longer than all of us have been alive. And whether it was lobbing artillery or throwing trebuchets full of molten hot haystacks and frickin' tar and pitch. Israel's been doing this a long time. They're a fierce people. And Hamas has absolutely no chance on this. Now, there will be civilian casualties. And some of these buildings that I alluded to earlier may have indeed been on strikes, but it doesn't strike me, no pun intended, as Israel's number one motive in game Israel is attached to the United States, and although Biden is sitting back, I promise you he has spoken to Netanyahu and so have the commanders and specifically said, if you're going to do this, remember you are being watched by the world. I have a feeling that Hamas is doing what they always do, which is drawing attention to civilian deaths in order to gain sympathy in the area. 
specifically from the leftists in the United States, senators, congressmen, and also other terrorist groups in the region who would support Hamas in their endeavor. Most assuredly, Israel is done. They're no longer playing this game. They've played the defense. They've played nice. They're taking the gloves off, and it's about damn time. Liberal media viewers misinformed about U.S. crime. This started for me on a Facebook post where I posted some pretty compelling stats in regards to unarmed black youth being shot by police. And it was the contrary to what you heard on liberal media. And every single person who interacted that with that post who was a Democrat or liberal, socialist, Antifa, whoever you want to say, they all were spewing stats that were 100% inaccurate. Even some people who I respected. So it kind of led me down a path to find out why. And liberal media viewers are extremely misinformed. There was a new survey that was just found that fewer than 50 unarmed black suspects were killed by police last year, and more people were killed with knives than with assault weapons. That's not the narrative. In the first sentence that I heard in this article and read in this article, it completely contradicted everything that we've heard. It said the AR-15 is the most deadly weapon on the planet. In fact, it's a military assault rifle that no military person in their right mind would ever use. It's really a POS. Viewers of MSNBC and CNN, however, are far more likely than Fox News viewers to get these facts wrong. Half of likely U.S. voters who said CNN or MSNBC was their favorite cable news outlet believe more than 100 unarmed African-Americans were fatally shot by police in 2020. According to a new Heartland Institute and Rasmussen reports survey, only 22% of Fox News viewers believe police shot more than 100 unarmed black people last year. One survey question asked, quote, approximately how many unarmed African-Americans were fatally shot by police in 2020? Less than 50, 50 to 100, 500 to 1,000, 1,000 to 5,000, 5,000 to 10,000, or more than 10,000. 24% of CNN viewers said 19% of MSNBC viewers thought cops fatally shot more than 500 unarmed black suspects, suspects last year. Only 9% of Fox News viewers thought so. Fox News viewers, 60%, and talk radio listeners, 60%, were nearly three times more likely than MSNBC at 19% or CNN at 23% viewers to correctly estimate the number of unarmed black people shot and killed by police in 2020 as less than 50. President Joe Biden's strongest supporters were most likely to overestimate the numbers of unarmed black suspects killed by police. Among voters who strongly approved of Biden's job performance... Only 19% correctly estimated the number of unarmed black people shot and killed by police in 2020 as less than 50. Whites, 46%, were more likely than black voters, 38%. Hispanics, 38%, or other minorities at 44% to correctly estimate the number of unarmed black people shot and killed by police in 2020 as less than 50. The survey also asked voters about their viewing preferences for major network news and other media outlets, including online streaming services. Quote, there is a strong correlation between a likely voter's favorite television news outlet and his or her understanding of basic facts about police shootings and homicides involving rifles. 
Justin Haskins of the Heartlands Institute observed an analysis, quote, compared to viewers of Fox News, another cable news outlet such as Newsmax, and those who do not watch television news, viewers of CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC, were substantially more likely to overestimate the number of fatal police shootings of unarmed African Americans. Among Republican voters, 58% said they watched Fox News. Democrats are divided between CNN, 34%, and MSNBC at 29%. And that number is getting closer and closer every day as CNN is bleeding viewers. Among voters not affiliated with either major party, 27% said they went to Fox News, 15 went to CNN, 12 said MSNBC, and 30, 30% said another network. And 15 said they didn't watch cable news at all. Homicides committed with knives in the U.S. annually total about 1,500, and those committed with rifles number fewer than 500. However, 30% of likely voters said the annual number of homicides committed with rifles was more than 500, including 18% believing more than 1,000 homicides are committed annually with rifles. 30% of MSNBC viewers 22% of CNN viewers and 19% of Fox News viewers correctly estimated the number of homicides committed with rifles as between 100 and 500. But while 63% of Fox News viewers underestimated the number of killings with rifles as less than 100, viewers of CNN and MSNBC were more likely to overestimate the number of homicides committed with rifles. CNN viewers 43%, MSNBC viewers 40%, and talk radio listeners 26% were more likely than Fox News viewers at 19% to believe rifles are used in more than 500 homicides annually. The National Telephone and Online Survey of 2,000 Likely Voters was conducted April 29th through May 3rd, 2021 by the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports. The margin of sampling error is only minus two percentage points with a 95% level of confidence. Does that mean that liberals are uneducated? No, they're not. In fact, I find Democrats to be riveting, and I love the conversation that we have. But when it comes to facts, they're not very strong at pulling facts out of their hat. There's a lot of emotion in their argument. And when it comes down to unarmed black people being hunted and killed and murdered by the police, it's a fallacy. It does happen. 100%. And actually, three people are killed by meteorites every single year as well in the United States. If things happen, is it an epidemic? Does it happen all the time? No. And should we try to avoid it? Absolutely. But to sit here and constantly, without any numbers whatsoever, I've watched CNN, MSNBC, they don't have contradictory numbers. They make it sound like it's more. It's assumptive news reporting. It makes you have a little doubt in your head by the frequency of these events simply because the amount that they talk about it and beat it into your head nonsensically ad nauseum. The whole point is, is challenge where you get your information. Stats are important. Yes, emotion is important. And there's a healthy balance of fact and emotion in any argument. Know which one you come down on. Know which sides you're on. But what we see more often than not is people arguing every single topic because the media told them to argue it. I would challenge people. I go back all the way to the Capitol riot insurrection. And the more I look at that, the more I realize that it was nothing 
like an insurrection. It was a group of a few people who were doing wrong. But as far as the police officer that was killed, that's not what happened. The story is different. But what everyone reported was that he was beaten with a fire extinguisher, and then the stroke took place because of this beating. But that's not what happened, and that's not what the coroner's report said. The whole point is is that we are in the fog of war sometimes, and we make rash decisions, and we take emotion, and it trumps all fact. We will forget what we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears, and we will only listen to people who really don't know. They're sitting at a desk inside Washington or inside a New York studio. They're not in the field. They're not out there doing investigative reporting. They're having someone feed their news to them, just like you, Mama Bird, regurgitating all the nonsense that the news media puts out there. I would challenge everybody in this new regime of leadership that we have that facts are more important than ever to educate yourself, surround yourself with the Constitution, know your rights, know your local laws and the municipalities, ensure that you're on the right side of the argument and be selective what you argue about. Because in the end, no man or woman knows everything. And when you have something to say on everything, you make yourself look like an idiot. Says the guy who talks about everything on his show. Except for me, of course. Folks, Hockey is the best sport on earth. Now, this is not where you go and jump ship. Knock it off. I've earned your loyalty. My viewership needs to stay, all 20 of you. I want to talk about hockey. Hockey is something that I absolutely adore. It's a beautiful sport. It's graceful. It's passionate. It's fluid. And it's honestly a lot of fun. The rules are not confusing. And it used to be Canada's sport, but it is most assuredly an American sport now. And every Canadian who watches this show is going to be all up in arms. I'm sorry. Hockey is no longer your sport. It's Americanized. It doesn't resemble anything that Canadian hockey used to. Why do you think all the Canadians haven't been to the Cup in so long? And literally half the freaking, well, 60% of all the Canadian teams suck hind tit. Because it's not the same game. It's changed. But there is something magical about it. It's played on a giant sheet of ice. Football, basketball, baseball. What do they all have all in common? They're played on terra firma, on solid ground, not a slippery sheet of ice. The athletes that play those sports wear shoes, not sharp blades of steel on the bottoms of their feet. I'm not saying basketball, baseball, and football players aren't serious athletes. I'm just saying they're not as talented as hockey players. Hockey players have to combine all that speed and agility on top of managing to stay upright on a large ice cube. If that's not skill, I don't know what is. Let alone, have you ever tried to change momentum on a pair of skates? Have you ever tried to kick a puck? It's impossible. You can't do anything on one leg. Break a blade? Good luck getting off the ice. Try doing a slap shot. Just try standing up and doing a slap shot on not on ice. Now imagine it on very thin blades on skates. Hockey players are extremely talented. I'll never forget the first time I saw my first sheet of ice. People talk about opera, that you either love it or you hate it, and it creates an emotional response the first time you see it. And, and that will be it. You will be a lifetime fan or you will forever hate it. Hockey is the same thing. When you walk into the cathedral of hockey, the air, you could smell the ice. There's a chill in the air. There's an energy, and there's something palpable about it. Cathartic, if you will. I will remember the first time I came down the Tunnel C in Pepsi Arena 
and Pepsi, or not Pepsi Center, McNichols Arena, and saw the 1995-96 Colorado Avalanche play their first game, and it was incredible. Number two, players have the ability to control the game. In other major sports, the majority of games are usually decided by the refs or the umpires. Now, let's be honest. Balls and strikes is all judgment-based. Any type of holding and penalty is also judgment-based. And yes, hockey has the same thing, but not in any other sport. These are set plays. You're either on offense or defense. Hockey, you're always on both. In hockey, it is to a certain extent, like I said, but players have the ability to control every part of the game. They can speed it up, slow it down, or shake things up with big hits or fights. In this sport, the athletes truly have control of the game, which makes it much more entertaining to watch. Number three, hockey is a team sport. Some sports, even though they're considered team sports, are sometimes monopolized by an individual athlete. If you don't think that's true, somebody shoot Tom Brady. Let me know where Tom, uh, Tom would be and where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be. Football has quarterbacks. Baseball has pitchers. Hockey has a team. Although it's possible for one hockey player to be a superstar of the team, this sport is not necessarily about one individual player. Stanley Cup champions will tell you that the most important thing is being strong with your team, having camaraderie, and building relationships in order to be successful. A strong team bond is almost always clear on the ice. And if it's not there, it is also as clear and apparent. It makes it impossible for one individual player to win for the entire team. Everybody needs to be on the same page if things are to work in this sport. And that makes it all the better. After all, there's no eye in hockey. Going 200 feet up the ice is not a single person's game, unless you're Nathan McKinnon, of course, when he's not hobbled. He seems injured this year, not as fast as he's been in previous years. Whatever. Number four, the speed. No other sport even comes close to hockey in terms of speed. Everything about this sport is fast-paced. The slap shots, the game pace, the players, every other sport moves at a glacial pace and purposely is meant to slow down in comparison to this one. There's no time for dozing off in hockey. Something is always happening, and if you blink, chances are you'll miss it. Constant action is one of the many reasons hockey is the greatest sport on the planet. And don't tell me you can't see the puck. We are now have high definition. I never lose the puck. I've been watching hockey for pretty much all my life. And I remember what it was like watching on 480i TV over the air antenna. And it was horrendous. I couldn't watch anything. Then Fox did that crazy ass shit where they laser glowed the puck so you could see it. That was horrible. It looked like some sort of digital arcade game or NHL 98. But now you can see the puck. It's very simple. You can see the trajectory of where the players are going. The game is so fast that when you lose it, you automatically find it again. So there's no excuse in that. The insane playoff format. You can argue every other point on this list except number six, which we'll go to in a second. But you can't argue that the NHL playoffs are, without a doubt, the most grueling of all major sports. In order to become a champion in the league of hockey, you must survive four rounds of grueling, Backbreaking play on top of the seven months of the brutal regular season that they've already completed, minus this one because they had a shortened season. Normally there's 82 games. I think this one had 57. It doesn't matter. It still freaking hurts. There's no stopping nor breaks for the teams. Only 28 games to prove that you deserve Lord Stanley's Cup. Good luck finding another sport that requires that much work and devotion to win the title. 16W 
16 wins and you win the cup. Just give you a little bit of backstory. The Colorado Avalanche have 10 players out right now. This pretty much makes half a team. And these are some amazing players. Any team would love to have them. Defense, goaltending, wingers, centers. And the Avalanche still won the President's Trophy. They are a hell of a good team. But remember this, it is grueling. Hockey players are warriors. There's no doubt about it. Hockey players are the toughest athletes out there. I've, I've seen them all. I've played hockey. I've played rugby, football. Doesn't matter. There is nobody as tough as hockey players. They get blasted in the face with a puck going 100 miles an hour and keep playing. They break bones on the ice but finish the shift. Tavares got a tooth knocked out and was hanging by the root, and he grabbed it and pulled it out and shoved a towel in the hole and continued to score two goals and got an assist in the game. Rich Paverly literally died for a few seconds on the ice, and after being revived, has to be put back into the game. Chris Pronger for the St. Louis Blues with Al McKinnis took a slap shot 106 miles an hour in the chest. His heart stopped. Managed to get six more hits in the game and continue to play. Basketball players sit out for a season with ingrown toenails. Baseball players refuse to play because of blisters. Hockey players ask to play more after having their faces stitched back together. If that's not a warrior, I don't know what is. The lingo. If you've ever spoken to a hockey player, you know very well just how hilarious lingo is. From beauty to bender to laser to top shelf where mother keeps the land of scotch. Hockey has its own language. No other sport requires a dictionary to decode what's happening. This hockey jargon makes things a bit complicated at times, but it also adds to the greatness and the intrigue of the sport. Sellies or goal celebrations. In most sports, scoring requires some sort of celebration. However, in hockey, scoring means a selly. And when that selly is coming... That is much more than your average celebration. That's an all-out spin-in-circles, flay-around celebration of awesomeness and the goal that was just put in the net. And it doesn't happen so often. So when it does, it's not like soccer, where you might get a one nothing game, and that's 90% of the games. And it's not like basketball, where everybody slaps people's asses when they miss a free throw. You earn it. Not every goal requires a selly, but when they happen, it's definitely worth watching. The traditions and superstitions, from playoff beards to pregame rituals, to not washing their underwear, to jumping over the lines when you're skating as a goaltender. Hockey is a sport bursting with traditions and superstitions. Other sports have their customs, but none come close to hockey. These men grow facial hair for good luck or insist on eating the same exact meal before every game. Some guys get really strange with their superstitions. Max Talbot boxes with Marc-Andre Fleury before every game while Carl Alsner used to tape or tap his stick 88 times and outline the Canadian Maple Leaf during the National Anthem. Hall of Fame goaltender Glenn Hall used to vomit before every game, believing he'd lose unless he lost his lunch before taking the ice, 82 times at the very least, puking. Although they're odd, these superstitions and bizarre traditions set hockey apart from all else. Hockey players are nice guys. I've known many. Danny Hynode, I would consider somebody who... I've had long conversations with Jeff Odgers, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Waugh gave my wife a beautiful 
photograph and signed it for her for her birthday. I've met pretty much every Av that played from 1995 all the way to 2007, and they are some of the nicest guys we've ever met. They seem to be the nicest of all professional athletes. They may act tough on the ice, but they're giant teddy bears off the ice. It's common to hear of players from across the league performing little acts of kindness. Last year, a group of Boston Bruins players dressed up as characters from Disney's Frozen and visited Boston Children's Hospital. The Colorado Avalanche's Matt Duchesne purchased a jersey, ex-Colorado Avalanche, purchased a jersey for an 11-year-old girl who was bullied at school. Charlie Coyle, of the Minnesota, formerly of the Minnesota Wild, made a young boy's day just by waving at him during warm-ups. Both on and off the ice, hockey players make this sport the greatest of them all. And if you didn't believe it before, you should now. Hockey is the greatest sport on earth. There's two things also that make it amazing. The drama is small. Yes, you have an occasional domestic battery or a drunk driver, but nothing like football, basketball, riddled with 100% cheating and almost bribery when it comes to these draft picks and the way that they treat people, smuggling people from out of country to be able to play on their teams, steroids, trash cans, video, stealing signs. It's unfortunate. And then if you also look at the way that they treat the national anthem, the greatest thing about hockey is that they stand for the national anthem. They took one knee and that was pre-planned and it wasn't done during the national anthem. They finished the Canadian, they finished the American national anthem, and then a knee was taken. And then every single player committed to donating money for the inner cities all across the states to create hockey rinks and programs for underprivileged kids to play. That is a sport I can get behind. If you're disenfranchised with baseball, if you're disenfranchised with football and basketball, which completely sucks, come over and watch some hockey. I will help you with the rules. It's not that hard. All you have to do is pick a team and watch a game and open up your mind and give it a chance. And I promise you, it'll be the sport that you actually can be proud of. It's a sport that you can say, hey, that was pretty fun. And when you go to a game, I promise you this. You will have an emotional reaction, and most people become fans for life. Folks, thank you for staying with me tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me talk about hockey. That wasn't too bad. I wound up being longer than not, but I love my hockey. Suck it up and deal with it. Folks, you can like, share, and subscribe at all these in the lower left-hand corner here. You can also do me one more favor. You can go to my website at www.donunfriendme.com, and you can also like, share, and subscribe on YouTube keeps the lights on and God doesn't kill a puppy when you do so. So thank you so much for that. I will go out like I always do. Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans a day commit suicide from post-traumatic stress disorder. Or excuse me, post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression, traumatic brain injury. All of these things are very serious, very real. Veterans need your help. If you can't have that conversation, if you don't speak, the military speak, give me a call and I'll reach out with you. If that doesn't work, you can just reach out to this number or you can go to don'tunfriendme.com, click on the VCL link, and you'll be connected to a Skype VCL operator free of charge. And that absolutely goes for civilians too. You don't have to be military. They will find you the help you need. Thank you, folks. 153 is in the books. I will see you Monday. I am done for the weekend. I'm going to enjoy it with my family. Playoffs start Monday. Watch a little bit of baseball. Hang out. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate all your support. Folks, we are that close to 20,000 viewers. Thank you so much for everything you do, and I will see you next time.